Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 29 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real-life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 34, Cocktails and Mocktails. And on today's episode, we're talking about alcohol and flavorful ways to enjoy spirit-free sippers. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Um, As always, thanks for tuning in. And today's episode, we're taking a little bit of a different direction um, as it's not purely nutrition related, but it is most definitely uh, something that has an impact on our health and wellness, and that is our alcohol intake. And really, um, alcohol intake has increased for many adults since the pandemic started, and we want to talk about that plus some consequences, plus some spirit-free ways to relieve stress and enjoy an elevated sipper at the end of a day, a long day, or for a special occasion. Yeah, you have me listening there. The elevated sipper part drew me right in. (laughs) Um, So first, let's just go over a few stats um, that we discovered kind of in preparation for this episode here. Um, So in the early days of the pandemic, uh, so thinking back March, April timeframe, store sales of alcohol were up about 54% and online sales were up nearly 500%, which is just kind of outrageous. Um, And surveyed adults were saying um, that they were drinking more frequently and also then more Per occasion. Yeah. And another survey survey found that between um, 2019 and now, men and women are engaging in binge drinking more often. And so that is defined as five or more drinks for men and four or more drinks for women within a short amount of time. Um, and that count rose by half for women. So really the occasions of drinking alcohol are increasing. Um, and I really think that the pandemic has increased it even more, as you just said. That's for sure. And so, yeah, these stats really are pretty alarming. So they do have the attention of health experts who are really cautioning um, individuals that drink to just maybe take a look at their habits and make some helpful um, improvements in the right direction. And so, of course, while drinking might temporarily ease your feelings of stress or anxiety, it's certainly not an ideal way to cope. It may end up actually resulting in worsened feelings of depression, stress or anxiety, you know, among other concerns, of course, in the long run. Right, exactly. And so for all of these reasons, we felt that it was a really relevant topic to address within our podcast. And our goal is to really shine a light on what a more healthful relationship with alcohol can look like and also bring some other important factors to your attention. And if you're a regular listener, you know that we also like to have a little fun. So we are going to share some tasty non-alcoholic mocktail ideas towards the end. Yeah, that's right. I can't wait to get into those uh, suggestions that we have. Um, You know, so I think listeners, you would know, you know, Catherine and I are really, truly all about being authentic and genuine here with our podcast and letting our real selves shine through. Um, So just in full transparency, you know, we both do, um, you know, enjoy that occasional glass of beer or wine while kicking back at home. Um, In fact, people across the board have been drinking fermented beverages for thousands of years. And throughout that time, the discussion about the benefits and risks of alcohol is just kind of always changing. Changing and outgoing. 
Right, exactly. So first, let's take a step back and look at the expert recommendations around alcohol intake and define what moderate drinking is, because that's a lot of times, you know, what you hear. Um, so moderate drinking means consuming no more than one to two drinks per day for men and no more than one drink per day for women. So what exactly is one drink? So one drink is considered um, as 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine or one and a half ounces of spirits or liquor. That's right. Um, and so this definition is really um, created by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, and the Dietary Guidelines for Americans and speaks to individuals that do drink. And I think it's really important to note here that they also do not recommend the individuals who don't currently drink to start for any reason. Um, and they also do recommend that the following individuals uh, should just absolutely abstain. So those would, uh, would include, of course, women who are pregnant or even those who are trying to get pregnant. Um, because you may end up becoming pregnant before you realize. And if you're, you know, consuming alcohol in those very early and very precious, um, you know, days of pregnancy, it can just obviously put you at risk. Um, you know, women, or I'm sorry, people just in general, of course, underagers, you know, those that are under uh, 21, um, individuals with certain health and medical conditions, or those that are taking medications that can interact with alcohol, uh, you know, recovering alcoholics, or people unable to simply control the amount that they drink, people who are doing things that require skill coordination and alertness, such as you know, driving a vehicle or operating heavy machinery. And uh, the guidelines also state that women who are breastfeeding should speak with their healthcare provider about alcohol consumption. Right. So, um, you know, are there any benefits? Well, according to the CDC, um, although past studies have shown that moderate alcohol consumption has protective benefits, you know, for example, a lot, I feel like a lot of it you hear is about heart health and red wine and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, recent studies show that they're just not sure. Um, some studies have found improved health comes health outcomes among uh, moderate drinkers, but it's hard to know whether those improved outcomes are specifically due to alcohol consumption or other things like just other lifestyle behaviors or genetics between people who drink moderately and people who don't. It's really hard to pinpoint the exact reason. Yeah, that's right. Um, so in you know actuality, most adults don't drink every day. So that's why it's really important to focus on the amount that someone might be drinking on the days that they do drink, meaning what you drink. So beer, wine, or spirits is actually less important than your approach and your overall behavior when it comes to drinking, meaning that having seven drinks on a Saturday night, which is kind of classified as that binge drinking definition, um, and then not drinking the rest of the week, isn't at all equivalent to having that one drink per day, which is, you know, somewhat recommended, um, you know, for a healthful approach to alcohol consumption, the weekly total, yes, may be the same, but the health implications are not. Right. Exactly. Um, and I do, you know, we do want to also acknowledge that there is a social aspect to drinking. So, um, people are often drawn to that social aspect when you are thinking about having a drink. So a drink at the end of a stressful day, you know, for some people can be very relaxing or, you know, let's say you're catching up with a friend, you know, and you want to have a drink that can certainly boost your mood. So there are those, you know, things to consider as well, but I think it's, you know, important to just set an intention, you know, at the end of the day, if you were had a really rough day, you're like, I'm going to have a drink, be like, I'm just going to have one drink and enjoy that drink and move on. 
Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, so then what are the risks on the flip side? Uh, so drinking at levels above the moderate drinking guidelines um, leads to an increased risk of having an accident, of course, inflammation of the liver, increased uh, blood pressure, damage to the heart muscle, and it does uh, increase your risk for certain types of cancers. Um, it's also, I think, really notable that the risks of these consequences um, does increase with the amount of alcohol you drink. So again, you know, how much you're consuming per occasion, as well as the overall frequency. Uh, for some conditions like cancers, the risk increases at an even very low level of alcohol consumption. And there's really no safe um, level, you know, in that case. I think that's just very right. impactful <laughs> right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and some other side effects of alcohol in general, you know, regardless of how much you're drinking, um, is that it can disrupt your sleep. Um, I know that's the case for a lot of people. Um, it also can disrupt your judgment. You know, sometimes we tend to make poor decisions. We kind of lower our inhibition inhibitions, um, and make, you know, not, might not make the same decision that you would have otherwise. Um, alcohol also can interact, um, in potentially dangerous ways with a variety of medications. So always check on that. Um, and it can be addictive for some people, especially those who have a family history of alcoholism. Yeah. You know, and I think actually, in addition to medications, you know, some supplements might even potentially mm. be, you know, something that alcohol can interact with. So I think even just factoring that in, depending on what you might be taking beyond a daily multivitamin or, or something like that. Um, you know, so what really is the bottom line here? Um, you know, and I think we shared in the beginning, our goal was really just to, you know, provide some education and just shine a light on kind of what the habits are and, and maybe ways to improve your relationship with, with alcohol. Um, you know, so certainly if you do want to enjoy a drink, make sure to do it in moderation as it fits within your lifestyle. And I think these are just very um, telling types of questions just to ponder, um, you know, as you're making that decision for yourself. Um, how do you feel after one glass of wine, two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine, or insert your drink of choice there? Um, you know, do you feel, um, you know, well and kind of, you know, how do you wake up and feel the next day? Um, are you affected um, with your sleep? Um, does it affect your daily decision-making? You know, are you shopping more and making more purchases after you've had some, <laughs> some, um, you know, beverages and so forth? Um, you know, and again, I think it's really important just to reinforce, you know, that what the recommendations are is that if you don't currently drink, you know, there's no reason to start, um, you know, we're just trying to get across the message that it might be something to look at within your lifestyle right now and uh, adjust accordingly. And we'll get into some fun ways to do that, uh, coming up right That's here. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's right. So really, I mean, there is no denying that it's fun to have a nice colorful drink and a nice glass. Maybe there's a slice of fruit on there, an umbrella, a little umbrella on top. It's all but about the garnishes, right? That's right. <laughs> um, but who says that that drink needs to have alcohol in it? So enter mocktails. Right. I love it. And such a catchy, like little descriptor, right? Um, and so, yeah, this is something that people, I think across the board have been, you know, experimenting with and having a little bit more fun with because there are just so many possibilities. Um, and above all, you feel probably a lot better the next day, you get a better night's rest and you're doing your body good. Um, you know, depending on the types of ingredients you're using, which is kind of a nice added bonus. Um, so just to explain a mocktail is a cocktail without any alcohol, as simple as that. So they taste good. They look fun. Um, you know, and they're often made with different types of juices. So you could use 100% or even fresh juice, um, you know, fruit and fun garnishes, you know, and it's just something that, you know, some, some days you might feel like, oh, I would really like a, you know, a, a drink after work 
work or just because it's the weekend or whatever, but you don't want the alcohol. So this is a great way to kind of add that elevated type of beverage to, um, you know, your cocktail hour or your happy hour, or, you know, watching the football game or, or whatever it is and a social experience, um, but without the spirits, um, you know, so ideally when we get back to, uh, you know, a reality that includes gathering with friends and family and, and, you know, so on and so forth, it's a good idea just to incorporate these refreshing mocktails into the mix, um, you know, any old time. And I think that's actually also, also something that's fun is you can enjoy a mocktail any time of day, right? Like that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's acceptable, you know, to, to enjoy it any, any time of day. Um, and it just, you know, adds a little bit of flair. <laughs> yeah. And I really like the idea if you are having a party, of course, you know, once we're allowed to again, um, to have a mocktail in there because you never know what somebody's past history with alcohol is. Um, or maybe if they're just not, you know, drinking right now at this very moment, um, you know, they could, you know, enjoy that mocktail without any, you know, feeling bad or feeling like they have to say no to something or, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. So some classic mocktails that you may have heard of are the good old Shirley Temple, which is a ginger ale based drink or a Roy Rogers or the Arnold Palmer, which is a mix of iced tea and lemonade. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, we've even just recently had some fun experimenting and creating our own um, mocktails for different purposes. And, you know, I'm going to talk through those right now. Um, and I had the chance to actually sample all of these. And I don't even know if I can narrow down a favorite, to be honest. So um, the first one is an apple cider pomegranate fizz. So what this actually uses, um, and we will link to all of these recipes uh, and ideas here in the show notes too, of course. Um, it includes a fresh apple cider right from our produce department, um, some chilled, palm wonderful or palm, you know, 100% pomegranate juice, whatever your preference would be there. Um, some wise quality club soda and just, you know, a whole cinnamon stick. So it's a really nice garnish. Um, and again, there's no added sugar there. It's just very flavorful. And the little bit of fizz from the club soda just adds that little bit of like something extra. It makes it really tasty. And there again, you could also garnish with an apple slice if you like. Um, Another example would be a cranberry lime Moscow mule mocktail. Now, if you have the hammered kind of like copper um, mugs, definitely use those. If not, no big deal. You can mix these in whatever glasses you like. Um, But it is nice to kind of serve it in maybe um, a tumbler or a rocks glass or something or even a wine glass. uh, Because then again, it kind of just adds to the overall, you know, experience in my uh, humble opinion. It does. It adds to (laughs) to it feeling fancy. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, so the mule, I feel like those are super popular. This has a little bit of like a seasonal twist because it has cranberry flavor in it, but all you would do, um, and the amounts are kind of loose again, we'll include the specific recipes, but you can really adjust to your taste preferences, but using, um, ginger flavored kombucha. So you would find this in our, our produce department. Um, you know, and it's something that adds a really great, like fresh ginger flavor, ginger beer would certainly substitute in here as well. That's kind of the typical ingredient in a a Moscow mule, but the ginger flavor kombucha, you know, it just has a little bit of a benefit to it and it doesn't have all the added sugar that you would find in the ginger beer. Um, then adding a little splash of no sugar added cranberry juice cocktail or cranberry juice, uh, blend hundred percent, of course, um, some fresh, uh, lime juice plus more to taste. If you really like lime, uh, fresh mint that you would then use as a garnish and even a lime wedge to use as a garnish. Um, you know, so this one really does have such a great flavor. Um, you know, just use it, uh, kind of serve it over crushed ice and boom, you're good to go. And then the last one, this one has a really great tropical flavor. It's a white grape and green tea sangria. So all you would do is brew, um, one green tea bag 
you know, according to packages and instructions. And then this one, if you can chill it because you don't really want to serve it over ice, I would say chill that brewed green tea, add a few splashes of 100% white grape juice, um, some fresh orange juice, and then cubed fresh pineapple kind of as your garnish. And then you could garnish again with additional orange slices as well. But this one um, served in a wine glass, it really does look like a white wine sangria or a spritzer. You could add a little bit of, um, you know, club soda there or sparkling water as well. If you want a little bit of a, a bubbly uh, essence, but um, just super fun and it tastes really good. <laughs> yeah. So as you were describing those, I was trying to think like, which one would I make? I think I would go for the apple cider pomegranate fizz. Mm -hmm. It just sounds really delicious. Um, there's actually um, a seasonal hot beverage. Have you ever mm. heard of wassail, Beth? Oh, uh, I have. I've never tried it though. Yeah, I don't, I can't, um, I don't know exactly what's in it right now, but you make it on the stove and you serve it hot. And it okay. just, let me tell you, it just literally tastes like Christmas in a cup. Ooh. Like I just love it. So, oh, I would definitely recommend going out and trying to find that one. So yeah, that's a good one. So we wanted to finish up this episode by mentioning a trend called sober curious. That's right. So, you know, some folks, and I think, you know, we kind of chose this time frame as well because, you know, January is right around the corner, but I feel like last year, the term dry January really became very popular. And a lot of people just cut, cut the alcohol out altogether, you know, for at least that month. And I think a lot of people then maybe consume alcohol less as a result of that experiment, or maybe they've just removed it altogether from their lifestyle. Um, you know, so I think it's kind of particularly timely that we're, we're mentioning it. Um, sober spring was something else I think that kind of has been born out of, again, Again, you know, quarantine and pandemic and some of the stats we shared early on, uh, dry January again, sober September, there's kind of all these different like months. And I think above all, it's just a great opportunity um, to maybe just hold off, you know, see how you feel as a result of not consuming alcohol and then make a, an informed decision moving forward. Is it something that's part of your lifestyle or, you know, is it not? Um, you know, so it's something um, that I think it's, again, something to consider maybe for the start of the new year here. Um, and overall, it does, uh, you know, certainly improve your health and wellness, but it saves money. So, I mean, that's right. right there. <laughs> that's right. I will admit, um, I don't know if it was last year, the year before I did dry January, just because I heard about it in the news or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I'm going to be honest. I did feel kind of great for the, for that month. And I think I really did end up drinking a little bit less, just like with the months following it. So it was just an interesting experiment to do. Um, and not that I drink a ton, but you know, I just thought I'd try it out. Mm -hmm. um, and there was actually a study done in Britain of 850 men and women who made the choice to do dry January. 82% um, of them said they had a better sense of achievement and 63% said they had slept better during that time that they abstained from alcohol. So I thought those were some pretty interesting statistics. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with so many lifestyle changes, in most cases, you have nothing you know, really except to gain, you know what I mean? Like you're only, yeah, that's gain. right. There's nothing to lose. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll have, you know, some more money in your pocket, you know, you're doing a really great thing for your body. Um, you know, and it's the same as what we would talk about with fruits and vegetables and so on and so forth. Right. But, um, it's just, you know, something to consider again as a, a habit, maybe for the new year. Um, the movement really seemed to be led by, uh, millennials and Gen Z folks, which, you know, those are the folks that are under age 40, uh, Gen Z in particular. So those are the young ones at 23 years old and, and uh, younger, they're drinking less at their age than other generations did when they were that age, which is really interesting. So I think those folks have kind of led the charge with this whole trend. Um, and also the creation of a lot of like creative, unique, different mocktails. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is all to me, just like such fascinating information. And I think it's so awesome that the younger generations are kind of, again, like, you know, leading this movement and trying to make um, changes to better their health and wellness. I just, I really love it. So mm-hmm. Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? Yeah, I think even before I get to that, one thing too, maybe this isn't obvious, you know, so we shared some mocktail ideas, but in most cases, you know, a typical like alcoholic cocktail can most cases just be made without alcohol. So even if you do have a favorite, you could always just eliminate that too, if you, you know, want to stick to those flavors. But, you know, and I think, um, I think probably the best takeaway tip would really just be that we hope that, you know, as a result of listening here, that you would just maybe take pause, look at your current habits. You know, if you have area for opportunity to improve your habits and your relationship with alcohol, we just really encourage you to do so, Um, you know, get it in control if you feel like you're out of control or for that matter, even seek professional help if you feel like that's in a place that you are right now. Um, You know, and above all, I think, um, you know, having a healthy relationship, um, you know, with it can certainly just improve your overall life for sure and try one of our mocktail recipes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the wise dietitians, Facebook group, simply search for wise healthy bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wise dietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.